Welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, where we will explore the local arts culture and community in the Lehigh Valley. We'll be doing this through conversations with individual artists, administrators, and organizations. We'll discuss all types of mediums with the goal of enriching local arts culture. Welcome back to Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. I'm Elise. And I'm Ben. And we are recording on location at Shard Studio with Matt Mulchaney. Shard's Recording Studio is a brick and mortar creative space in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania's Southside Arts District. Operated by Matt Mulchaney, a multi-instrumentalist, engineer, and songwriter. Matt, thank you so much for having us in the studio today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Usually, Appreciate it. Usually we're like welcoming people into our studio, but we're so excited to have a, yeah. a cool location to record today. Oh yeah, I love, love having people here. I was going to say, you had a question, I think last week with our guests um, about like tech failures during shows. Oh, my Do you goodness. have any like big, horrible tech failures during recording? Have you been recordings? to ArtsFest? <laughs> yes. In Allentown? <laughs> yes. At one time, like I was like the director of like the sound stuff hmm. for everywhere. So I got the people to run each stage and if someone wasn't there to like do sound at the stage I had to do it mm. and someone simultaneously blew up one of my amps at one stage <laughs> while someone plugged in an amp oh into something that gosh. wasn't an amp at the other stage <laughs> and I was I literally ran from the far end where tape swap stage was with some piece of gear to save the main stage because that was <laughs> freaking out because my, my friend who uh, gave his PA system to the fest. He had this new kind of like fancy thing where you can control from an iPad and stuff yeah, like that, which yeah. back then everyone was like, ooh, but <laughs> if your iPad freezes, you're That's screwed. A lot of dependency on yes. your Apple totally. So I totally. ran a mixer down there. That's mm. right. I ran a mixer down to that stage so we could quick take all the mics out of his cool thing. Oh my goodness. Plug it into that mixer. Yeah. I think I had something as a backup that I ran. Like I literally ran from stage to stage fixing each stage. Yeah. Um, I think that was like the next year that I tore my Achilles tendon and I blame oh that God. day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Cause I really, I was actually sore from how hard I ran and how like horrified I was. Oh, like, I, I feel imagine. like I had like bone spurs or something. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. In the studio things fail, but it's like, it's a studio situation. It's kind of sure. expected when you have this much gear. Yeah. Like, Every like three weeks, some mic cable acts up and I have to resolder it or something like that. That's just, you have enough stuff. It's just law of big numbers and something's going to sure. go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. Sure. So when things happen here that are kind of iffy, it's, uh, it's not the biggest deal. I found a bat in an amp once. What? <laughs> yeah. We like, heard this weird squeak while we were in here. Oh my goodness. I'm just trying to think of good, like weird failure stories. But sure. We are like, what is squeaking? Like something's wrong. I think that amp's broken. And then we are like, looked around the side and you just see a little thing hanging there like. <laughs> this was like, we had a door open when we were practicing. It was like uh, fall. Yeah. It was really nice. And a bat just found its way in. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Never happened again, unfortunately. <laughs> what is I love this song. Like, what is that noise? And you're like, oh, it's a bat. Yeah. yeah. This song's this song's for the bat, the bat demographic. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can connect that to uh, a weird technique. Uh, I also rescued a bird from the heater oh. once. Oh. I kept hearing this sound in that heater back there, and uh, I had a mic stuck in it to record drums. So basically I'll put a mic inside the grate in there. And uh, when someone's playing drums hard enough, it kind of makes the heater actually rattle because ah. it's connected to the ceiling. So anything's transmitted oh, through the floors, through the walls, right, right. into the ceiling. Plus the mic picks up the signal from out here. So it blends together and it has this kind of like cool, metallic, weird, warm, lo-fi reverb. And like I was hearing it up there and because uh, I had my mic stuck right in it. And like I looked in, I actually took my phone and uh, took a video of down in the thing and I saw a bird like huddle in the corner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I like, you know, turned the breaker off and everything and I got up and I, I took this bird and then it got out of my hand. So there was a bird like freaking yeah. out flying around in here for like 10 minutes. Oh I finally my gosh. figured out how to shoe out. But it was thanks to my weird uh, miking the heater technique. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. <laughs> Starting a zoo in here. You got a bat in the amp, a bird in the heater and there's like this fish on the wall that says shark on it. <laughs> there was a weird party once where a lot of weird things went down involving oh, spray paint and stuff yeah when i shared this with bands we threw a party once and they got real weird in there yeah yeah it was it was interesting but yeah that happened that night that spray painted someone spray painted a thousand sharks on it oh my and gosh i have no idea why <laughs> it'll take it oh my goodness so when you have people coming into the studio to record mm -hmm. and um, have you engineer with them, do you see an overwhelming majority from a specific genre? 
or kind of all over the place? It's not all over the place, but um, it's it's a lot of stuff like that's mainly in like the indie rock kind of grungy, new new grungy ish, sure. power poppy stuff. But sure. I've done a bunch of hip hop lately too. I'm starting to mess with making loops and beats and stuff like that a oh, little very more. Cool. I have been for a couple of years, but I'm actually uh, gonna really be focusing on it. I have like a sample pack coming out on uh, with Band Lab, is formerly mm. Cakewalk Sonar. Yeah. So I'm like in this mindset where I'm kind of thinking of everything like, oh, what's a cool like, what's something I can make that's cool that was someone would want to use to start their song or whatever. Sure. But sure. Uh, so I'm thinking multi-genre in my head right now. But yeah, it's like all over the place. I've done some jazz um, with Mike Lorenz and the Witherbees. Oh yeah. They did a live shoot here for video, and then they did like a live session here too. Or Mike did a live session here too with some guys. I did an album with this other jazz guy, Ryan Barry. Um, yeah, it's really it's all over the place. Yeah, some stuff straight up pop. I get emailed stuff to mix too. That's just like oh, electronic music and stuff. Um, hmm. kind of like you know, I like to find the soul and like everything. Like you know, sure. find the good in it and like amplify it. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. That's awesome. Is your client clientele seems like a fancy word? Is your clientele uh, mostly Lehigh Valley folks or? kind of all over the place. I know you mentioned there's people from Philly that were sending yeah, you yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's and- like a, there are outliers who are from, like there's a band from uh, Oregon who I'm doing mm. like all their drumming for their album right now. Oh, nice. Uh, I haven't seen him in person in years. They were actually originally from the Valley, but he moved out there a while oh, okay. ago. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. how did they find you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he knew me through, well, like our bands played shows together and stuff like nice. that. Got it. But then there's like a band from Percocy who I've never met before called Voidmaster and, and they just hit me up and like, asked me to do some doom drumming on their album and like send them a, a good drum mix for them to just drop in their project so sure <laughs> did that um you know i've got some random people from philly and new york who've hit me up for stuff too just kind of like it's usually like a couple degrees of connection in some way to somebody from here like someone word of mouth told them about me or something like that but got it yeah <laughs> it's spreading out there a little bit that's very cool mm-hmm. yeah it's cool <laughs> it's cool to see th- like the Lehigh Valley kind of reach its arms out a little bit. Cause I think there totally. is something yeah. real totally. special about here. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there definitely is a, a thing here. The size of it being like, uh, the greater Lehigh Valley is like bigger than Pittsburgh. It's yeah. Like 450,000 people in this area. Yeah. Exactly. And proximity to bigger cities and all the colleges in the area too. Yeah. Like There's I grew an overabundance. Up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that in like other cities. Some other cities, the size don't have that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I grew up listening to like four different college radio stations. Yeah. And like checking out new music. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I never really thought of like, obviously the college student stuff feeds into whatever's happening in the area, but I never thought of it as like a filter market of like people that just decide to stay here because they're mm-hmm. they're creating here and then they're like oh i really like it i think i'll just hang around yeah i've seen that happen with moravian yeah where like people do the music program there and they end up just like loving it here yeah. and staying around <clears throat> yeah it's kind of funny because that's like one of the other things that comes up a lot on this show is like the opposite is there are people that they'll come here to visit or they'll come here for projects or something and then they're just like oh i really like it here i think i'll just stay mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. That's very cool. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, we get, I feel like we could have a little more of a... We're missing, like, a small venue. Mm. Like, we're missing, like, mm. a venue, like... You don't probably aren't familiar with it, but the Wildflower, which was here a long time ago, it was mm. right across the street. It got knocked down for all that oh, stuff to get sure. built. But it was a very... Uh, it was very community-like. Um, mm. A lot of different types of people would hang out there. Uh, just from all walks of life and they would have an open mic on Mondays and then you could like, you could rent it or just work with the owner to do a show there and stuff mm. like that too. And they would have bigger like punk shows, metal shows, but then just kind of like indie rock shows and folk shows, hippie jam bands, that kind of stuff. Sure. They did anything there as long as it was something that like people around here wanted to do, you know what yeah. I mean? And we're kind yeah, of missing definitely. that thing right now. Like Arch Quest does a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's cool how they get students involved with it and stuff like that, which I think right. is really, really great. But Sometimes there's something to be said about like, you know, finding your own way into that too. Right. You know? Yeah. They're very, very present. So I think something that's kind of on the smaller side is, I don't want to say like, it's not easy to find, but like that's, it's a different vibe for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Like a place to throw your first show. Yeah. That's not like a hall show or something like that. (laughs) You know, because with that whole thing, like 
everyone's there to see the band they bought their ticket for and then they peace, you know? They just dip after that. Yeah, and it doesn't exactly. foster a community in any way. Right. Um, I'd be, I'm way more interested in having some kind of space that like actually connects people, which is what I try and do with here, even though it's not a show space. But we try and do that with like tape swap. And sure. like I try and connect people all the time with like getting bands here to meet each other, talk to each other, yeah. book yeah. shows together and stuff like that. But having a venue to do that would be huge. That's very cool. Definitely. So you've mentioned tape swap a couple times. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, it's a platform for artists to be seen, basically. And it's kind of there to hold a mirror up to the valley and show everybody what we are. Uh, look at ourselves. Look at this cool thing that happens here. Don't you want to do this? You know what I mean? Like, this is something you could do. Like, make some make some songs and record yeah, them definitely. and get good and then come on our show and play on a roof and, like, show your friends because you're doing cool stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, there for, for that sure. main purpose to be an engine of, like, getting people to, like, really want to stay motivated to be creative and do stuff. And then also to kind of document all of this. Sure. Um, we've had bands from, like, Spain and Italy on the mm. show before. And then we've done of a full day of recording bands straight up from here in Allentown. You know oh. what I mean? We have all kinds of different people, That's people from cool. Philly, uh, bands from New York. Sometimes if someone like needs a tour date and there's, there's nothing between New York and Philly or something like that, and they have a day off, they'll come in and do a session here. Oh, yeah. That's super we, cool. we were able to capture bands who otherwise like would have just skipped over town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, like Transcam from Japan. That's another, that was a great one. I just watched that one oh, this you did? morning. Yeah. yeah, they're so cool. <laughs> that was very cool. They're such a cool, weird, weird band. They call their music junk, I think. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. I was, I was like scrolling through trying to like, I didn't have a lot of time and I was like, oh, I want to watch a couple of these before we go in tonight. And I was like, this one. And I was like, that was so fun. That was cool, right? <laughs> There's all these special things that get overlooked you know yeah. and we kind of want to just like capture that we also we do shows too so we do quarterly shows at the ice house yeah where we were yeah until the pandemic um we uh hosted the lehigh valley punk rock flea market yeah um nice yeah we have one i'm pretty sure that's about to happen <laughs> <laughs> we've been trying to squeeze it in before it gets cold because we want to do it outside right right got at the it. library got it yeah but uh yeah yeah we're here to kind of just like keep it interesting in the community you know like, like give artists another outlet, keep people's eyes on totally interesting things other than just kind of, you know, well, I don't know what else you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blindly consuming. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. There's so many people doing so many cool things and you're right. It definitely gets overlooked. So it's yeah. nice to have platforms to just like what you do. Just expression. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. cool. Yeah. To, yeah. I know. Basically, I think that's definitely. like, I was really excited to come in and talk to you because I think like, the mission is so much, so very much the same. That's like just want to support artists and yeah, yeah. people making art and making oh, yeah. music. They're right and, here. You know yeah, I mean? they're all here. They're, they're exactly. here. They just need help. Yeah, or they exactly. need like a reason to do what they do. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just like I'm totally. saying with the venue thing. Like, yeah, yeah. There's nowhere to do that. <laughs> yeah, and getting people to work together. Mm -hmm. is, is the biggest thing. It's like, yeah. oh, you're a musician and I'm a musician? No, we're not in immediate direct competition. No, hell no. <laughs> Work no, with no, each no, other. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no. No, I like fostering that stuff too. Totally. Yeah, that's a, a huge thing for me. Yeah. Definitely. So are we starting a venue? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. <laughs> every like every month I end up going on this rant with somebody about this yeah. and then they're like, yeah, we should start a venue. Huh? Come on. I'm like, yeah, I have time for that. Uh, Someone else should. Yeah. If you're listening, start a venue. I'll help you out in some way. I guarantee it. I will overextend myself. You just got to do the bulk of the work. Sure. I will not leave you alone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> So you've talked about uh, quite a, a bit about the just kind of like randomness of creating in this space too. So do you, what's like your creative process um, for writing music and for mixing music? Uh, for writing music, it could start on just, uh, I write a lot of stuff on guitar mm. as a start. Mm. Um, if it's not that stuff kind of pops in my head while I'm just walking around doing stuff. Like yeah. I start to hear sounds, textures, maybe like a riff or something like that or a chord progression. And then I come here and I'll hear or at home in my setup there and I'll like see if it actually uh, holds any water. <laughs> like the other day I did one and I was like, oh, this is gonna sound so cool. I have this Mellotron thing in my head and I came over here and put it down. I was like, this is so whack. <laughs> like, this is so dumb. This is not exciting. It's kind of pretty, but like it's it's not, yeah. for, not for what I'm doing. I, sure. Then I rework it. And just, you know, just keep going until it sounds like something. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, I'll write stuff on guitar, bring it here. Um, I usually have like clusters of lyrical ideas that I write down here and there. I'm like, 
horrifically unorganized with stuff like that usually <laughs> and i just have like five different notebooks <laughs> with things scattered in them i yeah. tried to be organized by getting a notebook for each thing like i have my drum notebook then i have my heavy band notebook <laughs> and i have my studio ideas notebook and then they ended up being interchanged anyway because i'm like oh where is that one yeah i get that <laughs> somewhere else you know they make like five subject notebooks that have <laughs> wait what that sounds like cheating <laughs> That's too easy. <laughs> no, it is too easy. I've always been terrible with that stuff. But like something about how I work, it works itself out. I'm sure I could be more organized, but eh. it, you know, it happens. If you're getting the job done, the yeah. organization's not nearly as important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but mean, I'll have, yeah, yeah. But I'll, I don't know. I kind of always have clusters of ideas for lyrics, for music, for Foley <laughs> High Valley, sure, for the local music and art scene, like all that stuff. And I kind of sure. just memorize it most of the time and forget to write it down or sometimes like if it's like it's like 2 a.m and i quick like open my text messages i'll text myself uh to my email <laughs> ideas so i'll have a bunch of things from my phone number that i store through later there you go whatever oh that's awesome but it's cool i i think everyone should have a, a riffy band because like i've never had more fun doing voie voie as as I have now that I have a band that's like heavy and riff oriented. Sure. It's like the sure. healthiest thing I've ever done, I think. <laughs> it's like, it's so great. I'm in a band called Wipes and it's all uh, just riffed out, kind of Nirvana-ish, but hmm. kind of heavier, kind of Pixies-ish, but kind of heavier. And I play this guitar that has a big floppy low F string and it's so fun to do something different like that. <laughs> but like, um, is really tedious. Like I'll bring a song to that band with, with April and then she'll kind of pick it apart begrudgingly. And then we'll kind of like, re like, revisit it and revisit it and revisit it and hack away at kind of like a sculpture mm -hmm. but with wipes it's like here's the riff make a second section we throw it out there do we like it no come back to it done <laughs> we just keep charging sure because i can kind of how my mind works with stuff like that is i just like come up with stuff pretty quick yeah. and then deal with it later yeah so like voila voila can be kind of like tedious mm, but that makes sense it's never felt better to do tedious stuff as when i have another outlet yeah so I've been really loving riffing out with wipes. It's been great. Sure. So you have like your primary and then like mm -hmm. your secondary. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah, it's it. like two different parts of my brain. Really. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so maybe, like, maybe not, yeah, maybe not primary and secondary aren't like, like right, like, right brain, of, left brain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're, they're kind of like even in a way. Yeah. Very nice. Cool. Nice. Yeah. I'm in mixing. Um, I really just try and find like the, the heart of the song and just like what it's really trying to convey. And then I just try and make everything, push that along like push along whatever narrative is there so i want to make the, totally. the mood fit and sometimes songs are like and by like by artist admission they don't really mean much of anything hmm. and i still try and find something special about it no matter what make it kind of like push itself along and sound like very defined as its own standalone thing but also yeah. in a group of work be able to work together too nice. it's a very holistic approach when it comes to to mixing i don't do yeah. anything like by rote or by like preset or anything mm. like that like mm -hmm. i approach every mix as its own special special thing and yeah. then work it into what i think is its best version of itself yeah that's much. awesome is there um a band locally or not locally that you just really like working with there's a lot of creativity and a lot of freedom to kind of do that sort of thing <laughs> i mean a, lo a lot of them are so cool like that awesome. um the, this girl I'm working with, Jessie Ray, she's in a band called We're From Antarctica. And uh, I'm like really deep in the production with her of her first solo album. Hmm. So it's really cool. Like we like, you know, we spent like a half hour last time just making some weird drone and we just like went out of space for a little bit. But we're being really like, oh man, really particular about all the sounds sure. and trying to make it its sure. best. And it's her first release ever. And she's young and really excited about it. But she's like really let me in inside pretty close to the project and i really really appreciate it because it's like the deepest i'm really going with anybody right now yeah but That's then cool. some of the other bands like her band i'm kind of deep in it with them too we're from antarctica like um we all are kind of producing it together but they're giving me like pretty much band member status with my ideas <laughs> and everything which is yeah. it's really you know it's it's cool and it's creepy like it's cool that they trust me but i'm also like man i really gotta get this right that's a lot of power sure. someone's this is someone's sure. creative output you know what i mean this yeah, is like definitely. something they care about so much yeah totally we must be good at it if people trust you hey i just do what i do <laughs> no i think so much of it is like you seem very passionate about what you do so i mm -hmm. think that that's a great great asset and it's like the people thing too yeah. like i, I want to see them all do their best 
You know what I mean? And like come out with something that they really like. Yeah. Totally. I know like how meaningful music can be to somebody depending on where they are in their life and stuff like that. Or just mm. for some people like having a creative process like that, like can save their lives in some cases. It can pull Absolutely. them out of really terrible situations. Yeah. Over the past 12 years, how has how have streaming services impacted what you do here? Uh, it kind of confused me. Like we were talking about Luffs before and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. I was like laid up from surgery and like going down rabbit holes on YouTube and oh not goodness, trusting myself yeah. for some reason. I was in bed for three weeks. It was stupid. Oh, man. Because um, I do. I like to be active. And I got in this thing about, wait, am I mixing things too hot? So then this one project, I actually tried to hit the target for Spotify and it sounded so dumb and so weak. So yeah. I was like, nah, I'm just, you're fine. Just do your thing. Yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. I've, I found the same thing, even with mixing for the show. Like the first few episodes of our show, hmm. I was mixing at all the recommended things and I listened back to it. And I'm like, it's just, this isn't doing it for me. Yeah. So I started, <laughs> I did. I started mixing it a little bit more hot too. And I'm like, all right, this this is making a world of a difference it's just for a, me. a bunch of people with uh yeah i, I call it message board abs yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah it's, it's interesting to me looking at the impact of compression ratings mm -hmm. specifically tied to streaming services and what that can mean for the average consumer mm -hmm. and at the producer level as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Spotify sounds better than it did before. I think totally. they use a different uh, codec. They do. Yeah. Um, so it's relieving that it sounds better. I remember yeah. he, it sounded all like watery at one point. Not stuff that I did, just with everything I could like, hear oh, it yeah. sounding kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, and I'm not calling myself a purist, but like I'll do lots of weird things to rough up audio and make it dirty and this and that. Like once it's done, I want it to sound like the thing that left here. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Do you have any like creative mediums that you export to? Like, do you do vinyl? Do you do CD? Oh, I'd love to tapes? do vinyl. <laughs> um, nah, I wish I had a vinyl. I do mix down onto tape sometimes, onto reel to reel. Cool. Um, I have like a good old pro mastering deck from the early 80s. So oh, that that's so its cool. Sound. Yeah. Totally. I have two tape machines that I record to too. I have an A track. And then I have another portable eight track that I actually want to start taking out to record people. Nice. I have uh, some people in California I know who may be interested in me coming out to cut an album with them on that kind of thing. Oh, oh that's, that's super fun. cool. Yeah. Are there other people that do that kind of stuff or you're like holding the market on? <laughs> no. And it's funny. The last time I did an interview, I was talking about this. So I love when I get called out on things that I say I'm going to do that I didn't do yet. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw the poorly edited podcast by Lab212. Yeah. With those yeah. Folks. yeah I, was on, I was a guest on their show a bit ago. And uh, oh, I, really? I brought about the same thing. I was like, yeah, I want to do a recording tour. Because in my uh, very early 20s, I traveled the country like thanks to the whole like learning about punk rock and finding mm. this thing called book your own effing life mm. uh it was a resource and it was like just a list of bands promoters venues like wow. uh, food not bombs things and like yeah. rec record stores like yeah. info shops anywhere where you get zines and stuff like that that kind of thing um i booked tours for my bands that i was in in my early 20s and i toured the country diy style it was all just people we found who want small bands who were unknown to come sure, to the place sure she took me everywhere like the upper end oh, of new imagine. york to uh ros windows at roswell carlsbad where there's like that bat cave in new mexico and <laughs> yeah. the back of a record store oh my like, goodness it, like a you know population ten thousand person town out there had us play <laughs> that's awesome yeah but from all that i kind of like was thinking about recording and i was like i really want to like do that but instead of gigging i want to like come to people who mm. are those small bands in those small towns and like yeah kind of document them sure and come oh. and record them too like get, get them a good recording i mean i'm sure they could do some stuff on their own but it sounds fun to have someone who lived that lifestyle i think to come to them and like sure visit their town and feel things out and totally meet new people and record them so i want to do a kind of recording tour of sorts basically say like punk road trip that would be mm -hmm. like the coolest documentary ever <laughs> my friend actually uh my friend chris who's a, a student at temple um for film he actually wants to follow along oh, for some of that yeah, yeah. oh that's yeah. awesome we might do it in little loops like i go to brooklyn to work with this band hugs he'll come along for like two days there and then in chicago i know a band who had me mix their stuff someone i met on the road in my 20s basically hmm contacted me and mm. had me mix their album and whatever um they talked about having me out there then i know people in la i know someone in austin who has like a thousand square foot like loft space kind of thing hmm. um it's just a matter of finding the bands who want to do anything like that but totally yeah it'd be really cool that, that is, is super cool that's awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> 
In, in talking with different musicians and those in the music industry, we found that it's a little bit more difficult to identify as an artist from a singular area mm-hmm. in, in the music industry. And I, I love what you were just talking about, that, that touring and recording in, in their towns. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on the importance of that specifically in capturing a sound or capturing an identity. Yeah, well, I mean, you never feel more at home than your rehearsal space. Totally. That's why I want this place to feel as close to what someone <laughs> would have. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I already like the idea because I'd be going to where they're most comfortable. You know what I mean? And it might not be ideal acoustically. Totally. But I'd rather capture something really cool. Now, obviously, if it's like, you know, a houseboat and there's a hurricane, it might not work out too well. The sound might be yeah. a little messed up. But like, I'll go anywhere. We can make, you can make stuff work. There's sure. so many great recordings are being done at home, but yeah. I like the idea of feeling people out and like maybe, you know, meeting some of their friends, seeing what their town is like, that kind of thing. Like it all informs a lot of what their sound is. Oh, you know absolutely. What I mean? Definitely. This guy, Kevin, who was a student at Lehigh, a grad student, he had connected with Tape Swap and he started coming out to some shows here or there. He said, do you mind if I come and film sometimes? He's like, I'm going to do a little thing on uh, like a project of mine on some different things happening in the Lehigh Valley. Yeah. He was part of a film crew on this other thing Lehigh did for their uh, digital archive about like the arts and stuff like that and place, okay. cultural placemaking. And uh, he was just part of the crew for that. And he'd just show up every now and then. He'd come to like the punk rock flea market. Hmm. He shot stuff here and there. I didn't think it was any huge thing. And then like I saw that and I was like, this is about me. <laughs> And this is about like the studio and tape swap and what's yeah. going on here. This is wild. And it just showed up at Southside Film Fest. Yeah. That's how you found out he about it. He told me like a week before oh or god. less than that. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. Oh my god. It was totally left field. That's, it was so wild. That's very cool yeah. though. But it was it was like cool obviously cool to see his perspective of yeah. that because I'm just in the thick of everything. Same with Seamus and we're just yeah. doing what we do. We're not looking from outside like we just we're seeing kind of the, the valley overhead view, but we don't see what yeah. we're doing as anything special. Sure. Well, I was going to say, know? conceptually, that's kind of what you're talking about with this like traveling recording project is like he was capturing, maybe if he's a student, maybe he doesn't live around here, maybe he's not from here. So he's very much coming in and capturing kind of like what you're doing and what from the, the outside, people that yeah. you work with from the outside. Yeah. So that's yeah, very it cool. Is similar. You got a chance to watch it, I assume? I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got me some passes and I went down and watched that and that's I didn't awesome. know what to expect. And then I saw how much that was about me. And I was like <laughs> semi-horrified. And then they were like, I was like, I really got to go. Like I have a session that night. That, that was already booked for a session. I had yeah. no idea this was going to happen. Yeah. And they like turn on the lights and they're like, oh, and that's the subject back there. And they're ah! like talking. Oh, they're like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> it is weird. So you're crawling into <laughs> the seats yeah. on the way out. <laughs> they wanted me to do a Q&A and stuff. I'm like, oh, gosh. oh wow. They got intense fast, but I had no oh, idea. I imagine. It's funny. Oh, I'm sorry I missed that. I made it to like 90, no, 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 like 80% of Southside Film Fest, but cool. I definitely didn't see that one. But now I have to go back and look for it. That's so cool. It was really nice of him to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you've mentioned your band mm-hmm. um, quite a bit, and I'd love to hear about you and the other members' collaborative process. In Wawa? Yeah. With that one, um, I bring starting points to April and then we kind of knock stuff around, chop away at it. She usually likes to change things quite a bit. Like okay. we have some songs that we've been working on for like four years off and sure. on. Not every day, but sure. you know what I mean? It's hung around that long. Yeah. Some of them happen fast too. Like I'll just have the whole thing written and I'll bring it to her and mm-hmm. then it's just done. But a lot of the time it's a lot of uh, heavy duty collaboration, finding the okay. right sounds and layers and vibes and toiling over lyrics and making the sound match exactly what we're trying to say yeah. and everything. Um, and sometimes it ha- happens faster than others. Nice. Um, but it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty in depth. And we bring it to one of my old good friends, Joe, who I moved to California with years ago when I first moved there, mm. um, guitar player. And he, he and I are like kindred when it comes to guitar stuff like we have yeah. very similar sensibilities but we're different so like we would just link up on stuff super well and then our uh, rhythm section is uh, a husband and wife team hmm. who are married so our rhythm section is a married duo that's cool. and bass player that's cool. and uh, they play off each other really well and <laughs> He's a really great drummer. She's a really solid bass player. Plays real nice, nice and simple, and like hit hard hitting and everything together. Yeah. And then the wipes band, um, it's more like someone has a riff and emails it. Uh, 
I'll send a riff in with a, with a video or something like that. And then usually I won't write more than a part or two because I want to give them a chance to kind of respond to it and see what happens. Sure. Cause I like, sure. I like seeing like, uh, that reinterpretation kind of. Yeah, of course. Sometimes he'll tweak my riff by like a, a note or a measure or something like that. And then I'll respond to that in a way. And then we just kind of come up with another section, section play through it until we feel like it's cool. And totally. Yeah. That's the wipes one where it's very like, very quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could imagine. Get stuff out fast. Now, where did you get both of those names from? Vava, um, I th we were literally trying to make a band name and like, for some reason, I just like, thought in french for a second because i had french for a long time and like i'm terrible but like i had french for a while and i was like thinking of things in french and then for a second i was like oh yeah that's like i'm doing voile right now i'm like trying to see myself in this with this band name i'm trying to imagine myself sure and i told april that i was like you know actually i'm literally voiling right now i'm like <laughs> i'm doing this kind of cool french thing and she was like, oh, that's, that's actually pretty. And it kind of looks like noir, you know what I mean? Yeah. So she said, just do it twice and I'm sold. <laughs> she nice. likes double band name band names. Mm. Okay. It's like pretty garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty garbage. The band name was a little too overt. <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to leave something for them to figure out. Oh my yeah. gosh. And Wipes, I think, was... Uh, the Ray, Ray from Wipes, he uh, sings and plays bass. I think he came up with that just because of the pandemic or something. He okay. works, uh, he has a skateboard company called Lost Soul Skateboards. And mm -hmm. he uh, also works a couple days at UPS as a side job and everything. And then he does like thrifting and stuff like that. He's just always doing fun stuff, creative <laughs> stuff. And I think he just uh, came up with that one day kind of randomly. It was kind of like pandemic related in some sure. way because the wipes were kind of a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing. What? Kind of a big deal. <laughs> and we started a band during the pandemic. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. It was from the ashes of a band called uh, Tile. They basically, their guitar player, uh, he had a kid and they wanted to put it on hiatus and everything, but he and the drummer Mikey wanted to keep going. So mm. Tile still exists, but they brought me in and just renamed it mm. as a new, new project altogether. Sure. And it's a different vibe because I do sure. different stuff than that guy does. Mm. Yeah. What was it like starting a band during the pandemic? Like, how did you navigate that? Oh, it's so weird because, like, everything here was super weird. Like, I remember my first week back in the studio, like, August uh, 2020. Mm. And everything I did was just horrifying. Like I was like, sanitizing my hands after I yeah. even went near somebody and like spraying stuff down when they left and spraying sure. everything and like yeah. uh, trying to remember like, wait, they can go in there with their mask off, but not there, but, but I can't go in there for a day. And then th like all these little oh, details. Mm. Yeah. And I had just done a bunch of stuff to help. Like, like I put those hand sanitizer pumps everywhere, sure. and like <laughs> that kind of stuff. So when it came, came to starting the band, we talked about it from july late june or something like that it was all talk from then till september when we first finally got together wow we were just kind of planning on like where we're going to do it at first we were going to go to sure. their space in emmaus and then like my uh partner april is a nurse and she was worried that like we're too close in that room even if we're masked and uh, she, okay. she she works with like kids who were very sick mm -hmm. so we didn't want to put anyone in jeopardy sure so it was like all these little details and going back and forth and how many nights a week do we practice how much time can i put into it all, all that kind of stuff yeah it was all very like meticulously totally. talked about and figured <laughs> totally. out just like everything was here yeah it's very very odd yeah and it was just emailing refs basically I think we didn't even get together until we had like three or four riffs that we'd sent back and forth. And okay. then we came in and picked a couple of them and then st started the process. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Definitely a weird time to start a band though. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine so. I can talk about what's on these walls for hours and hours. I think. Um, and that's the beauty of it. The one thing I really like is there is a something with like a dinosaur on a red couch with the blue spray oh, yeah. paint. That's I've, like my favorite thing oh, in here. I've already, <laughs> I've already decided that's, oh, that's like, awesome. cause that it looks like me. he has crab claws, but I also have terrible eyesight. So like, I'm not quite sure. And he's just got um, little like hands yeah, like that. Love it. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Thank you. I'd buy yeah, a print I of that. I thought a dinosaur and a pretty, pretty funny <laughs> combo of things. I really appreciate it. That's, that's one of the awesome. few things I actually did myself here. Yeah. But you, you have a ton of cool stuff in here. I really Thanks. like um, this guitar that's kind of hanging over, over the studio space. That's from a, 
a marionette maker named oh. Doug Royston who does stuff at the Ice House under Mock Turtle Marionette Theater. Yeah, he okay. makes amazing, amazing intricate uh, marionettes. Yeah, I've known his son forever. Like I grew up with him, huh. and. Uh, his son was like, hey, I left you a guitar at Shards. This is like 10 years ago. I'm like, how do you, how'd you get in? He's like, it's outside. I'm like, why would you leave a guitar outside? It's like, it's raining. He's like, just go get it. And I show up and that thing's leaning on the building. He said his dad was giving it oh away. Oh my gosh. Apparently he had a marionette that he built that was big enough to look like it was playing that guitar. That doesn't that surprise me. Do you know Doug? Or you I don't know, stuff? but I know his work. You know his work? Well, yeah. yeah. His stuff That's is amazing. His stuff's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you walk like right into Touchstone, they have like this huge marionette puppet that's like wrapped around a chair. Uh -huh. And I've, there's been a couple times where I walked in there and I see kids like dodge it and they're like, oh my God. And then they're like, oh, it's it's big. Like it's, it's yeah, all like yeah. the legs are like folded and the arms are folded so that you can't they really like, oh like if so it cool. wouldn't fit like standing up. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that, that well, apparently there was like something that went to that that was big enough to play it. So it would have been as tall as the ceiling about. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Both well, terrifying and absolutely impressive. Hey, you got some totally. friends of mine out of trouble when we were kids. They like think they were drinking 40s in the alley or something like that, <laughs> like somewhere in West Bethlehem, and like the cops started coming after them. So they like ditched the 40s and they ran into Ben's dad's workshop, <laughs> Doug Royston's like little like lair, and like the cops went in there and like looked around, saw all the, the marionettes, and they're like, let's go. <laughs> they left them alone. They literally got scared and ran away. Oh my so god! Puppets oh scared god. cops. Away. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so where where does most of the stuff in here come from? It's gifted and gifted and thrifted and like and thrifted. people have a you know like they have a vibe for the place. So then they like bring things to like the golden sure. toilet seat was like a <laughs> gift from somebody who knew that I would want something like that. Yeah. Um, I have a piece by this artist named Jesse Reno back there, but right next to that amp, he's like a really well-known artist and educator. Now it's like that alien looking thing right there. Oh, yeah. I actually realized how I, I got to put that somewhere more featured because it's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's come from all over the place. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like the opposite of like, I'm, I'm looking at this thinking like, this is such a cool conglomerate and the way that it's set up is random because it reflects the people that have been in the space, right? Yeah. But like when you think about hanging art from like a gallery perspective that's so like traditionalist and like the way that stuff is hung and I really like this and it made me laugh when you're like, I, I got to put that in a more prominent place. Like it's just, it's there because that's where it ended up and I love that. Yeah, yeah. Like I kind of changed the arrangement over there, but I didn't change the art behind it or anything. <laughs> sure. Yeah, people have done murals here. Like my yeah. Uh, like that one is Matt Genevic. There's a lobster on the front that was done by uh, Todd Genevic, who works at. I said lit last time. He works at the joint, and ah, he tattoos yes. an electric cheetah. Yes. Yeah, he did a lobster out there. He did some other random stuff when he was in here recording with his band Goat oh, Wizard. Cool. Yeah, so they did some mural, actual mural work on the on the walls. I like his cool. stuff. I've seen um, some of his stuff hanging in the joint mm -hmm. before. We're like, I wonder who that guy is, and we like looked him up, and his stuff is really cool. Oh, it's really cool. Is he he's, the guy? Yeah, that yeah. He's on the, the only. Saw? Yeah. Ah, nice. <laughs> he's the only one who I've ever had tattoo me. Oh, yeah. Wow. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I. I kind of particular about that we're coming after yeah. you todd yeah yeah you should yeah, i had someone design this I, I used to work with people with mental illness mm. and uh one of the people we bonded over like chasing storms and stuff mm. was this guy who's been through oh like tornado traumas and stuff tornado like that chase kind yeah of stuff. yeah, yeah. Okay. i'm not like tornado chases oh, okay. but like you know we were chasing storms and stuff gotcha. like that he was really into earth science and stuff and the traumas he's seen were um, incredible, but just that he wow. could get up and every day, like live his life, mm. sure. given what he went through, which it's unspeakable. Yeah. Like, oof, it's terrible, but it was really inspiring and I thought he was a great guy. So I let him draw this for me and then Todd Genevic took it and interpreted it and then redrew it for me. It's basically like, because I was like amazed he can get out of bed every day and like go on with his life. So I have an empty bed being struck by lightning, kind of <laughs> saying like, get out, go do something. Sure. Don't waste your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's fun. Or you're going to get struck in bed. That's a very, like very cool tattoo. <laughs> I like it. And Todd did a great job interpreting it. Very poetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Tell me about this music sign here. That was from uh, some play that went on at Symphony Hall in Allentown. Oh, okay. I had friends who did like set dressing and that kind of stuff, set design there. And yeah. uh, this dude, uh, Bart, 
grabbed it because he thought I'd like it. And like, <laughs> I wasn't here. Someone let him in. And like, he apparently was just up there dangling from there, just stringing the thing up by himself with no help. Oh my goodness. But he actually put it up for me and everything. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. really cool. <laughs> I thought it was a cool wow. addition when I was doing shows sure. this way too. Yeah, yeah. The show kind of thing. It feels like a more venue-ish. Kind of, yeah, yeah. This actually used to be the quote-unquote stage. Uh, and that cool. wasn't huh. their bands would set up like pretty much right there. And then all of the, each of the band's gear, depending on how many bands play, would be stuffed in the back. And then people would stand out here. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's pretty wild. When you were doing those in here, how many people could you, could you fit? Um, I mean, could or fit. Did I fit. Did fit. <laughs> we did fit pretty sure we had like very unfortunately and very dangerously and i'm sorry that i did this but 75 people maybe wow. 70 80 something like that sure. wow. for this band with this band settle from easton who were pretty popular in like the okay. late yeah. aughts um it was packed <laughs> and i'm sweaty <laughs> it was amazing so. it, was, it was it was great it's great there's nothing nothing as terrible as that was nothing beats that feeling though oh sure it was really cool sure very best and very worst mm -hmm. yeah and it's just dangerous that's all i like think about it and like oh, man, if a fire broke out that'd be oh, oh my goodness that'd be terrible yeah, it's crazy to think, it's, you know. I, I just kind of wised up and was like, I can't do stuff that big anymore. <laughs> I can do small things like, you know, we do attendance uh, sessions for the Shard session sometimes. Oh, so yeah. we'll have people in to hang out and watch or whatever. Oh, that's Make it cool. feel a little more like an actual live show. Yeah. And like, uh, that's cool. But like a blowout show in here would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think that a couple years ago, the biggest problem would have been a fire and now it's somebody yeah. coughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's, a, it's a different world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we've we've talked about shards, and that's the studio. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that name and where that came from. Uh, shards came from way back when it was a rehearsal space still, and I still had a recording setup in the back, but I kind of sublet it to a bunch of people. And someone was in here uh, practicing, and I was waiting outside to jam with some people, and I was sitting on my hands outside and then i stood up and i was like whoa shards because i had glass just imprinted <laughs> smashed into my hand oh my gosh and uh the, someone was like you should call the studio that and i was like yeah you're right that's a great idea <laughs> and uh it was then consecrated nice yeah nice that was the moment yeah i love how in the moment all of the names for everything that you've been involved <laughs> in just just come up it's yeah. i love it so much <laughs> very personal yeah 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 that, that's a lot of what it's about yeah definitely we've talked with quite a few different artists from different mediums about texture mm -hmm. and how texture is applicable to their works but we with haven't sound yeah we yeah. haven't we haven't talked about it in the music or sound sense though we've talked about it mainly in the visual sense mm -hmm. and i'd love to hear you describe texture what's well, interesting the best that you can uh, it, it, it's weird for me because uh i have a mild synesthesia okay so ah. i actually like if depending on how loud i listen to something and how i kind of have to let go a little bit mm -hmm. but like some things just i can't help it they make a little color yeah. or a dot or like a little some kind of visual scape happen to a degree it's nothing like wild or anything like that but uh some things have like a texture visually to me when i hear them um, I remember the first time I noticed that that happened, like I was EQing a kick drum in my bass drum, my basement, and I saw it as like a little, almost like a flash going off, you know, like the little light of flash leaves yeah. after you see a fl bright flash. Yeah. It was like that happening over and over again. It was kind of like all color at the same time in one point going beep, 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 like that. Um, so I kind of see, actually see it a little bit. That's super cool. And I can, it kind of affects me in a way, like if I was touching something, I don't want to touch mm. <laughs> if something's hitting me the wrong way it feels like an actual physical sensation kind of sure huh. yeah it's kind of weird i think it's i mean maybe it has something to do with i don't know like music they played for me when i was like a baby sure. or something like no that sure. Mozart <laughs> music. Yeah. yeah i just think some things are crossed cross-wired in my brain that shouldn't be i also have a olfactory sneeze re response or reflex where if you look at light you sneeze. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that was like There's a thing. Photic sneeze reflex is something have, like that. I have the same thing. Oh, I it's definitely like, have that one. Really? Okay. <laughs> I so didn't realize that was like. Yeah, it, it's not. It's nothing crazy, but it's like I think a, only like twenty percent of seventeen to twenty percent of people have that oh, or something my like that. I used to joke with my doctor all the time and say, "I think I'm allergic to the sun." They're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah." When I look up at it, I can't help but sneeze. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I thought if I have that going on where the olfactory nerve is crossed with my mm. optic nerve in some way, uh, like maybe the optic okay. nerve is crossed with my like auditory nerve too. Yeah. Or something it's like that. Possible. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's cool though. I like that. And and be, being in this space and having listened to to some of your music today, um, you t- you talked about that not necessarily grunge, but like grunge-ish sound mm-hmm. and, and being in this space and knowing that's where you record most of it, it's cool seeing how the space and the music kind of work together to capture that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like Absolutely. an instrument. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially like the the new little vocal booth is kind of like that. I was kind of coaching this band uh, called The Basements. They're really young. I think like three of them are seniors in high school and one's wow. in college. Oh, wow. And uh, they were doing vocals and I was just kind of showing them like how if you go off the mic a little bit, the room kind of suddenly blossoms. Sure. And just goes, woo, and kind of sounds exciting, like you're, you're expressing yourself in a very aggressive way in a, in a room or in yeah, your bedroom definitely. yelling somewhere or something mm. like that. But that, that one right there is kind of an instrument in itself. Like people use that all the time in different ways to get different vocal sounds and stuff like that. Oh, that's super cool. And this room has a very stark, like I can get stuff close to the drums or close to amps and keep it nice and tight and mm. dry it up. But when you get room mics in here, it has this sound of like, of a hall show punk to me. Like it feels like your front row at yeah. some show, like <laughs> the sound of, uh, Everything hitting the concrete, smacking room mics in the middle just sounds very much like, sounds like this area. Oh it sounds goodness. like, yeah. sounds like, you know, aggressive music, like d- rust. Yeah. You know, like a steel Industrial. belt. Industrial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, all of us have someone connected to steel in some way. And yeah. like, sure. You know? Sure. What is the furthest extent that you've gone to capture a sound like that? Like that? Yeah. I mean, I think I told you how I stuck a mic in the heater before. Yeah. That's a pretty cool uh, trick for a room mic, a re- reverb chamber thing. Uh, <laughs> and I mentioned the dumpster. I mean, I put mics in the front room and opened the door so that that kind of becomes a little reverb chamber. When I track drums, I have the window open right there. I actually was doing drums last night, so I have the window slid over there so that the drums spill into that room. And depending on, because like of the waveforms, I can actually EQ the room by how far open I open oh, the window. Super cool. If it's this big, it's mainly high frequencies that get in. Yeah. And then as you open it up, more mids get in. So like it's a pretty quick and subtle thing, but it goes totally. from dead and very just bassy because it's mainly everything's reflected back here mm. and some is absorbed to as you open it, you start to get the splash of the snare and some of the cymbal sizzle. Yeah. And then you get to a point where like it's actually letting the snare drums like punch in too. Totally. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like its own little physical eq adjuster right there yeah (laughs) that's so specific to this space you can never leave yeah no i I don't want to i just talked to the landlord a couple weeks ago i was like you sure i'm gonna be here for a long time like this is gonna stay right and he assured me that as long as he is alive that i will be the tenant here which is really cool yeah okay and he, he gave his uh his kids instructions that if anything happens to them that uh to keep everything how it is keep this as their property and the family and whatever don't get rid of anybody like i believe he'll do it too because he like uh in his contract with like nawab he put in their contract for their lease that they can't fire their chef what <laughs> like once they change managers oh or something gosh. like that because he's like that's the number one thing that kills restaurants when you change the chef and they yeah. start firing sure. people sure the, f- the food changes and people don't like it as much and they stop going there yeah so to ensure like him having a tenant that stays there and them staying a good restaurant he literally put something in the contract oh saying gosh. they can't fire their chef that's, that's amazing power move yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> no kidding talk about collaboration I was like how invested are you in your community do you write it into your contracts that you can't fire the chef yeah that's, that's too amazing. funny oh I mean the landlord's goodness. great he let me get away with all this too you know what I mean so I, I give him sure. I give him tons of sure. credit sure he's, he's, he's a great guy did and this was, oh, go ahead did this steel beam here come yellow or did you paint it yellow no it was yellow yeah yeah mm. and it rotates 180 degrees so it actually i'll get to the uh, actually what this building was used for before in a second but it rotates from there that wall and see how like there's a little weird cut on the end of it there yeah that is cut just so it by like two inches f- folds back past that heater and then against the wall again oh my goodness so it goes by the two little like support things and back <laughs> yeah so it was used to uh slide around compressors for the machines that make snow 
Huh. At ski resorts, what? they fixed them here. It was a machine shop where they fixed snowmaker compressors. That is so random. It was like a snowflake factory. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh was my great. goodness! It sounds like a good band name. Snowflake factory. Snowflake factory. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Cool. And also with all the stuff that you see too. Um, you said before it reflects. Yeah. It reflects the people, but also I have everything placed in a way where I. I use it to break up reflections in the room too. Ah, okay. Um, so it actually does, even though they're not to your typical acoustical treatments, I do sure. have normal real deal, like legit treatment for acoustics and stuff like sure. that around diffusers, a homemade diffuser, but all this other stuff like serves to make it so that stuff, like basically so this thing called flutter echo that you probably heard in like a stairwell yeah. or in a bedroom that's just plain walls. Yeah. Um, when you have parallel walls, which I actually made these skew, when you have parallel walls, which I'm stuck with, with the the two concrete size, right? Totally. Um, stuff sounds re sounds really boingy, like a high frequency, like yeah, like that. Yeah. So I kept this one bare because I want a nice reflection, and then this side I loaded up with junk everywhere because <laughs> ah, I wanted okay. to break up those reflections you so you to, don't get yeah. that boingy sound. I have like no totally. flutter echo here. Same same with the guitar, um, with like a. a convex surface like that yeah uh, with sound bouncing off at an equal uh equal opposite angle so there's really no way any sound hitting that is going to go back where it came from got it it's just <laughs> reflecting it cool. someplace else yeah totally and by doing all this when i put these walls in and that it actually increased the reverb time the apparent huh. reverb time in the room yeah because before it was like a dead wall out front and then this one in the back and it's stuff once stuff was in here, it soaked up enough of it that it didn't sound too big, actually. Sure, sure. When you put these in and you put them skew, sound bounces around more. Got it. Yeah. So it made it sound a lot cooler. Yeah, that is super <laughs> cool. So, Matt, if someone is interested in recording here or seeing what you do, where can they find your stuff? Um, they can find me on Instagram at shards underscore recording underscore studio which has links to my website which is just shardsrecordingstudio.com um, there's a link to my SoundCloud too where I have some examples and stuff like that and Great. if you kind of follow what I'm doing you'll kind of get an idea for both what I'm kind of just doing in general with like what my outlook on things and just kind of the, the work that I do here too I, and I often post like an update every couple months of like a bunch of what I'm working on or something like that yeah that's awesome nice. very cool Matt, do you have anything else exciting coming out soon? Oh, yeah. One really cool thing that's uh, I'm working on a loop and sample pack with the company BandLab. They're uh, a DAW, a digital audio workstation. Yeah. Um, they used to be called Cakewalk. Um, Cakewalk Sonar was like a, a big DAW for years. And mm -hmm. then they got bought by this company. And they're doing something more for people who want to work in loop-based stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of like a, a more loop-based garage band or Logic. Okay. Um, so that should be out in November at some point. Cool. Got to make Very it first exciting. before they can actually release it. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That happens. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for hosting us in the studio today. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, everyone, definitely come check Matt out and the Let's studio and Shard Studio space. It's awesome. Yes. Uh, can't can't recommend it highly enough. It's been a really fun place to record. So, definitely. All right. Thank you for having us. Oh, thanks thank for you for having me. coming on the show. Yeah, yeah. thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, a Steel Pixel original series. Don't forget to like the podcast, leave us a review, and follow us on both social media and streaming services at Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. Mm -hmm.